everyone. Thank you for joining me on a new episode of the Music Reviewer Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am the Music Reviewer. And uh, yeah, today's episode, it is going to be over the latest Kalani album. It was good until it wasn't. This is her second uh, full-length studio album. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking about this album today, just so everyone knows. Um, the last album that uh, was reviewed was over Bad Bunny's uh, latest album, which this Bad Bunny album was really just a leftover um, track listing uh, or set of tracks that was uh, from his early release this year. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in Bad Bunny um, or if you're interested in hearing another review, go ahead and check that review out. So let's get into this new Kalani uh, review. So Kalani is an R&B singer-songwriter from Oakland, California that gained the attention of, from people um, with her mixtape release in 2014 titled Cloud 19. Uh, she later went on to release an album, Sweet Sexy Sabbath, in 2017 um, and uh, finally released her newest, latest album called It Wasn't Good Until It Wasn't um, this year. And, uh, Upon my first listens of Kalani, um, it is quite apparent she is of the school of modern R&B, or these songs with trap beat foundations, um, these dark uh, these dark moods that are created in these songs. Um, she very much uh, implements that in her uh, music uh, with contemporaries such as SZA or uh, Janae Aiko um, that do just about the same thing. Um, so, uh, she's probably, um, I'd, I'd probably rank her below the two, SZA and Janae Eichel. Not like there's an official hierarchy or anything, but just who I've noticed has the, has more attention and who the press follows more and, um, things of that nature. Um, so, uh, going into this album, um, and listening to her previous album, Sexy, uh, Sweet Sexy Savage, um, where where does she uh, stack up in this uh, in the year 2020 compared to three years ago with an album like Trip coming out from Janae Aiko um, that was uh, fairly successful. Um, a lot of people um, stand by that album, I believe, um, with kind of like the trippy aesthetic. So immediately uh, upon listening and comparing the two uh, from her first album, Sweet Sexy Savage, to her newest one here, it wasn't good until it wasn't, or it was good until it wasn't. Uh, it's quite apparent that she changed a few things. Uh, the first album felt like it was more of a uh, feel herself out in, uh, with her career, uh, see what works kind of deal. Uh, there's more, I guess, diversity in the styles that she implements in her first album as compared into this latest one, um, which doesn't necessarily mean one album's worse than the other. Um, it really just means that uh, she went into it was good until it wasn't with more of a focus. Um, now, I can't say really my personally, I feel like I am a huge fan of Kalani. I do think she's a very talented vocalist. And also Kalani definitely does have uh, some merit to her, uh, to her music. She writes her songs as well. Um, with obviously other songwriters, but uh, she at least has input in that. So it's not like a uh, Charlie XCX situation. 
So immediately upon listening to this album, uh, right off the bat with the first song, Toxic, it's right there in the title what this album really is about. It, it's, it's about toxic relationships, how she, um, how she gets herself into them, how she's partly responsible for them. Um, most of these tracks uh, touch on this topic. Um, and, and the first song, uh, Toxic, does do quite a nice job of laying the framework for what you can expect the rest. Um, it's not like I, right after uh, listening to the rest of the album, I was like, wow, Toxic um, really didn't fit into the album. Or, And um, basically what I'm saying is that uh, <laughs> most of the songs aren't too different from Toxic, which um, could be an issue with this album, but we'll touch on this more as the review goes on. So what I like about Toxic, uh, the first track, is basically it gets you with a nice, typical modern R&B trap production. Um, has a somber tone to it. Um, there's this nice little eerie, high, repetitive note. Sounds like piano, but I don't know really what it is. Um, and also it it's pretty candid. There's some nasty lyrics, um, some good layered vocals, um, but the, the lyrical content does definitely show up in just about every song. Uh, she doesn't hold back on what she has to say, whether it's about sex, um, or mainly about sex, but uh, other things as well, um, which we'll get into it here on uh, the other tracks I'm about to cover. Um, Bad News is the third track on here. I uh, felt like this one um, is worth pointing out. There's some uh, nice down tempo to it with a deep bass accompaniment, um, a smooth texture, um, and it sounds like it aims to be uh, like this emotional, uh, I guess, uh, piece of music. But some of the content on here is a little superficial. So a topic of uh, having uh, the need or desire of a person to settle down and uh, see what's in front of them and uh, leave all their bad habits behind and uh, tr basically convincing them to uh, settle down and uh, be with you is basically uh, the gist of this song, Bad News. Now, um, basically what she's singing about is uh, essentially what many people would say is a fuckboy. Um, so that, that's where I feel a little bit of the content is uh, superficial on the track like Bad News, and that happens a lot in this album. Um, now there's uh, also tracking, backtracking to the, uh, the the topic of texture and color. Uh, the, this track sounds really smooth. Um, it happens again in the album with a with a, another song called Serial Lover, uh, but I felt like that was something interesting to point out. Now the next song, Water. Um, it's probably one of my uh, my favorite songs on this. Um, it starts off with a nice little minor piano uh, melody, um, and then it transitions to a hard-hitting beat. And basically, it's a really vulgar, nasty song basically her about just being so wet because she's so enamored with the guy. Um, and, you know, it just has a nice refrain. Um, maybe the song's a little bit too short, but honestly, how long can you talk about something like that? Or sing about something like that but i mean uh i i tend to like music that doesn't hold back um if it has to be abrasive let it be abrasive um so uh that, that's something this album probably has going for it um things 
get rather stale. I don't really think anything happens, really interesting happens until I uh, hate the club featuring Masego, which I feel, I think Masego is just the person that maybe composed this track. Um, it has some nice jazzy chords and instrumentation. It has a nice down tempo. Um, it's about a song basically about being at the club and only being there because you want to run in with, uh, run into one specific person. So, um, yeah, it's, it's about a song about being miserable at the club. It's not that deep. Um, so more, uh, it does have more modern R and B production to it. It really just keeps the same vibe going back to the first song toxic. Um, so yeah, the, the next song, um, I t touched on a little bit already, but it's called Serial Lover. Um, it probably has one of the most catchier hooks on it. Um, it has this nice, uh, smooth texture. Um, it begins with a nice little stutter beat. Um, so it's a, it makes, gives a, the album a little bit more, uh, I guess, dynamics. Um, it, it's a pretty rhythmic song too. So it, that song I felt was a little more interesting. Um, F and MU is the next track. Um, it sounds like very similar to maybe an old Timbaland song, um, just with the production. It sounds almost like it's ripped off, but not that big of a deal. It brings more topics about vulgar sex talk, um, a story of basically where she likes to get in the head of one of her, uh, I guess, one of her um, lovers to, you know, purposely get them pissed off because she she knows that he performs better in bed. So I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if that's uh, toxic or not, but to me, that sounds pretty toxic. Um, you know, get coursing someone to get them angry, um, to, you know, get them to, you know, kind of hate fuck you. It's not <laughs> the healthiest thing in a relationship, but, uh, yeah, the, um, the album continues with uh, two more tracks, uh, actually a few more tracks, but, um, I'd say they're, they're, they're okay. Um, the track, uh, Can You Blame Me featuring Lucky Dave, it features a bed squeak beat, which, I mean, <laughs> I thought that was phased out, but it, it has one. Um, Grieving with James Blake is pretty nice. Um, it, it sounds like a James Blake song, honestly. Uh, I know James Blake probably wrote some of this, so um, it sounds a lot better when James Blake um, is in the track. Let's just say that. Um, the other uh, song I'd like to uh, point out is Open, uh, parentheses, Passionate. Um, the production on here is interesting. I don't know if it's good, but <laughs> it has a different hi-hat sound than the rest of the, the album, um, and it... it gives it a better uh, atmosphere. It has like this hazy mood to it, but throughout the track, there's this weird sub bass that kind of interjects and it kind of makes it a distraction. I'm not sure if that was intentional or not, but it kind of doesn't really sound good. Yeah. So that dub sub bass doesn't really do anything better for the track. Uh, it's just kind of there and distracting. Um, it does later transition to like this downbeat bass drum track. So I guess maybe before that happens, that weird bass part was alluding to what is coming next. Um, but the, I guess the second half of the song's better. Um, it's like a beat switch and um, yeah, it, it's I guess one of the more interesting tracks on this. Um, and it kind of just ends, this album ends with a uh, rap verse. Um, I don't know if Kelani is, um, 
also a rapper or why she threw this in. Um, this track stuck out like a sore thumb. I know it's an outro, but I guess it tries to be inspirational um, when <laughs> the rest of the album is just so toxic and uh, <laughs> it's dark. Um, so uh, I guess everything, uh, I guess everything together, this album, uh, it, it doesn't impress me as much as her previous work. Um, and I don't think that's a good thing for Kalani, um, especially when she's in the category of artists um, uh, like SZA, Janae Aiko. Um, this is just kind of a very uh, vulgar uh, album that I guess maybe she had to get off her chest, but uh, I try to like this more than I did. And it, it wasn't terrible. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't really feel like listening to more of it by the time it was over. Um, most of the tracks are listenable, though. I feel overall this is probably like a 5 out of 10. Um, give it a shot if you're wanting to listen to more uh, R&B, uh, especially modern R&B. The album does have some nice features, uh, which I felt like weren't a bad decision to include artists like James Blake, Janae Aiko. Um, the Tory Lanez one, um, which I didn't really talk about that song. I, I don't know why he's on this album. I felt like he didn't add anything. He sounded weak compared to Kalani. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, three years. It's been three years since her last album release. I really don't think she should wait another three years, but that's just my opinion. Um, so uh, I'll probably be looking forward to more stuff from her. She has a nice voice. Um, but yeah, overall, this album was just very middle of the road. Um, if you have any, or I'm sorry, uh, So yeah, if you stuck around to the end of this podcast, uh, thanks for listening to the Music Reviewer Podcast. My name's Josh, and we'll be talking about more music soon. I'll see you later.